Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Doing Not pretty good. How about you? Shabby. Enjoying the beautiful like four days in a row of sunshine we've had, which oh, is insane for Michigan. It's been in like the the high sixties for like three days, and it's phenomenal. It, it peaked at seventy today. If at least my my phone said. I went out been- in shorts for two days, which is great. I worked on my deck, like did my day job from my deck with a beer. Oh, see, that's even better. Amazing. Just amazing. Figured out I uh, my whole setup I want to get. I'm going to get a projector outside with a big old projector screen and some nice oh, deck furniture. Do you know they have inflatable projector screens? They do, but what I'm going to do is I have a sliding door that's in like a bay, um, and I am going to mount a, pro- a projector screen uh, outside of that door so that when everyone's oh, on the like- deck... I just pull it down there. Yeah. A a retractable under the overhang. So that's my idea there and get some nice furniture, get a a projector that uh, I can mount to my, as I have a deck railing, I can mount it to the deck railing. That way everyone can sit out and watch a movie on the deck on a big old hundred inch projector screen. Nice. I want to do that with our future home as well. Something similar where the, turns into football season and hey we've got the games on yeah and that's the thing is if i'm if i'm working out on the deck and the tigers are on even during i'm gonna get one that's got bright enough during the day that i can watch the baseball game outside while i'm working nice do you have good shade in the backyard uh yeah my my deck is in the shade starting at about noon uh all the way for the rest of the day so perfect yeah it's phenomenal i won't have any shade but the sun i'll have to see once we finally get in there but yeah I i won't have that luxury unfortunately but yeah, that's my deck plan for any of you that care. It's also Oberon season, so I've been enjoying that. Oh, I, speak of the devil, I have two right next to me right now. Yeah, I picked up Oberon. I, the second it hit store shelves, I picked up Oberon. Is it's oh, Oberon season is late. the best. It's the fantastic. Day. If you if you are listening and you have never had Bell's Oberon, which is an American wheat ale, it's literally one of the best summer beers you will ever have. It is that. absolutely phenomenal. And uh, they do a mango version, too, that you can get four packs. That's also that really good. I have good. not had yet. Very, very good. But we Boys, I feel more. very left out of this conversation. I was at a restaurant the other day. They did offer the Bells Two-Hearted, and I did have that. Number so that one beer fantastic. in America. Number one yeah, beer that in America. Was, that was fantastic. They had it over at the Yard House near Fenway Park here in, in Boston. Oh, but okay. um, anyways, I'm doing well for the ones that care. I got to go to the driving range a couple days in a row to 
start my mediocre golf career. <laughs> but um, the weather's nice here, so I mean that's good. And uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about this at all, but the Frozen Four uh, regionals are getting started this weekend, so I'm excited for that. I'm a huge college hockey guy, so Frozen Four is a big. Is it uh, in Michigan this year? No, it it's in Pittsburgh this year. Uh, yeah, no, it was supposed to be last year. Last year, I'm sorry. Yeah, last yeah. year. Thank you. We lose everything. I was fun. getting really excited for that, and then shit. And then everything fun dies. Yeah. So uh, we got quite a bit to talk about tonight. We are going to talk about the uh, recently approved draft lottery changes uh, that make me less than happy. Uh, we're going to talk about Alvin Groove, who has come over to Grand Rapids, and a little bit about Keith Petrozelli, who is a finalist for the Hobie Baker which is real exciting after people love to yell, we need a goalie, we need a goalie, trade for a goalie, what's happening with goalies? So Do we have one? I, I, I literally hear that so much. It's like, oh, God, we should go pick up this goalie or we should draft this goalie at number four overall. It's like, you, you know we have a goalie pipeline, right? It's, like, it's not like we don't have any goalies. We draft one or two every draft. And you just hope that one pans out. And Petrozelli might be that guy. I think he's he's probably climbed to the very top of the list now. And Larson's he may get, been playing this year in Grand Rapids, though, correct? No, Larson is in the Osvenskin currently. Oh, he's back. He's oh, back boy. over there. Yeah, he's oh, in the Osvenskin. Okay. Um, fall from grace is what I, I would call it. He was it. back over here. No, it's uh, yeah, he was loaned to Denmark, I think, initially uh, at the beginning of the uh, right before the NHL season started. You know, and, Grand Rapids, Denmark, that's close. Yeah, and now he's in the Allsvenskan. So uh, it's mm. it's a uh, it's an interesting path for him to, and, and by interesting, I mean not great to move who we thought would have been our our top pros our top goalie prospect by now. We thought that maybe he even would have been getting some play this season or next season if he would have done well last. And, and as everyone knows, he went for the AHL, played games for Toledo, uh, ended up toward the end looking okay for Toledo, um, but look just really, really not good for Grand Rapids. Right now, Philip Larson is playing for the Frederick Chavon uh, Whitehawks in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's, that's where he's playing. Uh, he has played 10 games and his save percentage is 88%. Um, he started in the Elsvenskin, unless he's on Elsvenskin now, but they have the they have Altuma listed first, mm-hmm. where he played six games with an 88% save percentage. So, so long story short, we don't know how he's doing. No, I think I and I'm I'm probably going to say that injuries killed his his development. Um, he or was, him leaving Denver early. <laughs> well, it's not even that because at Denver he played amazing. Yeah. No, I know. I understand that. But mean I mean, the path to the NHL, longer. he should have stayed at Denver. Yeah, he was only there for one year. And uh, I mean, he was really good. But I mean. You can't blame college. him for making the jump just simply for the fact that Grand Rapids and Detroit likely felt that he was ready. To, it yeah, makes sense for a guy like Dylan Larkin, who played one year at Michigan and was ready for the NHL and made that jump, or Jack Eichel that made the jump from Boston University to Buffalo in the NHL. Right. It doesn't make sense for a goalie that, you know, played one year at Tri-City and then played another year at the University of Denver and then all of a sudden was in Grand Rapids. Like, 
to me, that just doesn't add up. And I don't know who made that decision. I don't know if that was made on his part or if that was made on the Red Wings part, but I, bad decision nonetheless. You got to yeah, figure it's a Red Wings decision. Like, yeah, yeah. You, I would you don't think go so. from Denver and be like, all right, let's sign you. Yeah, and Denver's yeah. a good program too. That's not like yeah, it's it's not like he's playing teams. at St. Lawrence or Colgate. No disrespect to those programs, but Denver is a team that could win a national championship almost every year. You know, they're one yeah, of those college hockey blue bloods. So. Seen at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, Larson. It it'll be interesting, I think, to see what happens. But I think most people have written him off already. But we're gonna you go. Think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, it's uh, from people that have watched him in Grand Rapids. It said, "Man, he really struggled." And again, I, nope. I, I would probably blame injury. He had two pretty major injuries that kept him out for quite a while. He's still, only twenty-two. Sure, but if you go from being as good as he was in the University of Denver, and even as good as he was in Tri City, he was in the uh, Swedish Junior League in twenty sixteen seventeen and had it. Uh, posted really good stats and you come out and you go to Toledo and in 10 games you have a 91 save percentage but you play seven games in Grand Rapids have an 84 like that's real rough yeah I don't know I'm I'm not gonna write him off entirely we've got him he's under contract through next season as well he's we have his rights until he's 26 yeah and that as well so I would say best case scenario after this season is he's back to Grand Rapids. And if that year, if it turns into a bust next season, then I'd say that, boom, you got to cut your losses. Cause I would assume they'll probably go with maybe a two year resign at max just to have the pipeline filled up in regards to goalies in her contract. So I don't know. I'm yeah, not completely right. Because he, he's shown <laughs> what he can do. Now that he's getting more time in professional leagues, maybe that's going to help him. But, I mean, it's nothing nothing that stands out. But I don't, I don't think until he's back over here can we really say – and that, that, hell, that's even if he does come back. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those that he's enjoying himself over there back home and doesn't want to come back over. I don't know. He, then, we're, then it's gone. He is um, – he's one that seems determined to make it. I, I just – at this point, I'm not sure – what it would take, like how, how much more, maybe he's still maybe a little injured, but I, I would doubt it because he's been playing back for a while, but that's besides the point. Right. We're going to talk about the lottery first, the draft lottery, which um we, we mentioned previously. Changes. Yeah. If you want to call them that, uh, it is a piss poor kind of quote unquote fix. It's like putting a bandaid on the Titanic. Is what yeah, it let's is. Let's fuck the Red Wings and then we're going to fix it. Yeah, and not even completely unfuck the Red Wings because, you know, we're going to drop from first to or from last to, to third pick instead of last to fourth pick. So for those who maybe had not heard That's what the changes are. more than Buffalo. Yeah, had, had. it's not going to happen. But no. uh, for those who have not heard, these are the three changes that have been approved by now both the NHLPA and the NHL Board of Governors. This so is the, as of today, as of uh, date of recording on March 23rd. All the general managers just threw their arms in the air and said, fine, whatever. Uh, the number of lottery draws reduced from three to two starting this draft, the 2021 draft. So the last place team, therefore, can't draft any lower than three overall, uh, meaning yeah, so that the lottery. Yeah, the lottery is now for picks one and two, not one, two and three. Yeah. So for reference, Detroit last season 
being the shittiest team in a very, very long time, would have picked no lower than third in comparison to their fourth pick. Yeah, the Wings... Which uh, would have been fantastic. Could have gotten Stutzla. Uh, we got Raymond, which is phenomenal. Could have gotten no, Stutzla. Yeah. That's just how it works. Um, the second change was maximum move up for lottery winner limited to 10 spots. So only 11 teams can win the lottery and draft first overall instead of 16 starting Which I do like that, but I don't under... Why would you not... So why are you starting the draws reduced from three to two this season? but not implement the, hey, you suck, but you don't get to pick because you weren't that shitty. I think, they're Why does doing, that I think they're doing that because of how they had to redo the, the divisions. Because the season yeah, is... Who cares? The season is so weird that teams aren't playing teams. They're, they're not playing outside of their division. I think that's so? the thing, is that you're not mixing the talent. You're not... I the I get it because I would say well maybe if team if the Canadian teams were playing other teams or or if the Red Wings were going out of their division for games then you're getting a little bit more I guess spreading out I guess how teams are going to play against each other because when we get to playoffs it, teams are going to be playing uh, uh, all teams are going to be playing other teams they haven't played all year so they don't know how how their play style has changed how uh, what changes they've made to their lineup, what what's going on there. So I kind of get that because it's kind of a toss up. Plus, it's a shortened season. So I can get why they would say, let's start that in 20. Let's start that next uh, for next draft instead of this one. I don't buy a single goddamn thing of that. Really? No, not at all. It, it, I, I get the the premise that you, you spoke on. I do. But. It, to me, it doesn't make any sense of, okay, we're shrinking the pool of shitty teams that have a chance at the number one pick, but we're not going to do it until next year because we want chaos. Well, maybe maybe Buffalo complained or some other team complained. They're like, oh, but we're shitty now. So it, it could be that they want just one last teams want one last shot at it before it changes. Because I can see them, oh, well, three to two, that's no big then deal for us this year. don't start anything until next season. Sure. But, I mean, I'm okay with them starting the three to two this season. Then do these only Then do all of them. It's like, do the all of them there. or do none of them. Yes. Okay. That, exactly. I agree. Like, the same with the next point that you're about to touch on. Like, just do it all now. My thing with this one is, is 10, uh, 11 teams to 16. Why are, like, playoff teams getting lottery chances at all? That should because yeah, isn't it, it, it? It is expanded this year, isn't it? Uh, I don't think lottery. Yeah, no, it's not. It's but it's it, top four from each division. So it should be the, the lottery should be the five teams, and then the other way should be the teams that didn't make the playoffs should just slot in as they were in the standings. That's the way it should be. The I'd bottom be five that. teams. Bottom five teams get in the lottery, and then why? Why I agree with you. Why are you giving a team a shot that that was in the playoffs or in in this past scenario, a team that got to compete for the Stanley Cup playoffs? You gave them a chance for a lottery, and they won the damn thing. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and then you look at it and you go, it makes oh, people gosh. go, wow, um, this the and it it's not professional. You have a professional sports league and 
you're giving already good teams good enough to to play for a chance to win a championship. Uh, also a chance to get a, a number one overall pick and you're screwing so the teams at the bottom. Yeah, we're still looking at teams like that have good players, be it veteran or young. So teams like the Rangers, again, have a chance. The Blue Jackets, the Calgary Flames, the Blackhawks, because we see how they're retooling. Philadelphia, Vancouver, those are the bottom 16 teams right now that would have a legit shot. And that's not even including Dallas because they still haven't completely caught up to all their games yet. Um, But it's going down to 11 teams. It's 16 right now. I know. That's what I'm saying. You're still giving those type of teams that I just named off a shot at a top pick this season. Oh, this season, yeah, nothing's changed. That's what I'm referring so, to, yeah. Yeah. But I, next I, season, I get it. You're you're shrinking that list. So if we're going to top 11, not including Seattle, then you've got Calgary, Columbus, Chicago, Philly on the bubble there for that final <laughs> potential spot. Philly but needs a first overall out. pick. <sighs> yeah, how's yeah, Nolan Patrick that, doing? No, no, no. That, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that facetiously. Like they need a first overall pick. Like I need a hole in the head. I mean, like, come on, man. That, yeah, that like the Rangers getting another plenty top pick. talented. So are the Rangers. So New is Jersey's LA. even on here. You, you know, they're not going to be far off. Ottawa, they're a shit show, but they're not going to be far off, and they still have a shot at the top pick. Ottawa's where we technically want to be, and I hate the fact that I just said that. But in return, in, in regards to the pipeline that they're starting to build, yeah, because of the way they've been able to luck out in the lottery. Well, we think I'd rather be the it, Kings than Ottawa, to be honest with you. Sure, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the Kings right now have what they say five of the top seven or seven of the top ten in AHL scoring currently. <laughs> so By, Byfield and uh, Thomas just lighting it up right now, uh, and uh, Arthur Kaliev is doing really good too but yeah they've got a ton of of prospects that are just killing it in the hl now that that's not to say it's going to translate over in the nhl but the possibility is there the odds are at least a couple of them should should be nhlers yeah impact nhl byfield will be up next year but i agree with tyler i would i would say that it should be the bottom five bottom five should get a chance or six you know i mean whatever should get a shot at one or two but I don't think the number 11 team should go up, get a chance to go up to number one. I no. like the old way of you can't move up more than four spots or whatever. Um, so and that like, was mentioned yeah. in the article, too, about some GM saying no more than three and you have your problem solved. Yeah. So that if the number 11 team wins a lottery, uh, they, they get pick number eight instead of pick number 11, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't get it. I don't get why you want to even give a team that's in there will be 32 teams now. So that close to a middle of the road team, a number mm-hmm. one overall draft pick doesn't that, make any sense. How's that going to fuck things up? Because Seattle can't have anything lower than five, correct? Yeah, they can still drop the two spots uh, and they by default get pick number three. So, yeah, they could fall to five. That's so bullshit. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. That that's the stuff. That's the kind of stuff that pisses me off. Like I understand they have to have a top five pick, or, or I, I would understand if it's a top five or a top six, but they have to have a top three. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. I would say that on a to even make it even more fair, on an expansion year, they shouldn't even have a lottery. It's an expansion yeah. year. Just let it let it go by point standing, so that Seattle's guaranteed number three. But I wonder how they'll do it now. So if I'm guessing Seattle could still fall to five, 
But I could also see them saying, well, Seattle gets number three regardless. We're going to draw for one and two. Seattle gets three and then whatever else, everyone else moves down. That's I could see it happening because, I mean, it's look at the changes they made. The changes don't make sense. And they want to do some more stuff that doesn't make sense. And they want Seattle to be successful. Like they want Ve- wanted Vegas to be successful. And look at how Vegas has worked out. Well, they wanted Vegas to be successful, but I don't think they thought Vegas would be this successful this fast. Yeah, I think they I kind think of Vegas, gave no shit. Vegas got very lucky with some of the picks that they, or not some of the picks that they did, but like, you know, um, basically saying, oh, well, we're not going to take this guy, but we want these two guys. And they kind of worked trades around and, and were able to do stuff that way, getting like William Carlson. And, and I think the like term that. you're looking for is fleeced. <laughs> and they didn't. Start well, yes. Well, they, yes. But they started yeah. with a good team. And the thing is, is people are like they took a bunch of uh, people throw away garbage players and turned them into a Stanley Cup contender. And that's not true. They had a bunch of players initially that were good players. They didn't My get a bunch of garbage tough, and take though. garbage to the playoffs. They hope Seattle is what Vegas is, but I think that might be hard to do twice. Yeah, they're not going to do that. There's no chance. The only thing that I can potentially see is Seattle having some leverage and saying, hey, look, we'll take some of these bad contracts, but you got to give us a couple of prospects. And some of the teams, because of COVID and because of the, the struggles um, financially with some of these uh, clubs are going through, I could see some of those clubs saying, okay, we'll trade you this and we'll give you our number eight prospect or whatever. And maybe that number eight prospect becomes an impact player so i mean well especially now especially now with the cap not moving so yep yeah that too yep Yep. so the the last change that is going to be implemented is no team can win the draft lottery more than two times in a five-year period this i'm okay with again it starts in 2022 yeah so like you can't have edmonton win four times in five years or you can't now what's going to be the the rangers are going to be the new edmonton so rangers are going to win the they won last season they'll win this season they'll win next season but again it does not start until 2022 so but they can still based off that they can still get a top two or like a, a second or third pick though correct it just can't be the top pick um so that we don't know that is my unknown. I have not seen that explained for all I know that uh, you, you they could just redraw. So say uh, New York wins twice and then the third year their ball comes up. I don't think they move to third because you're only drawing for pick one and pick two. So I would assume then that they just redraw. Or they move three spots up or something. But see, I, I, I don't see that anywhere. Then there's no real... I haven't seen any actual... I'm just going off of what Pierre Lebrun has tweeted. I don't see any actual documentation on this. When I when there is documentation, I will go look at it. But my yeah, guess my guess is that the they will redraw. Very big. Yeah, yeah. My, my guess is a redraw. This should have been I done years ago, tell. this one here. The, this one, as soon as Edmonton won that second one in a row... Uh, which which one was it? Uh, Nugent Hopkins, and then they got Nail Yakupov, or maybe I have that backwards. But th- as soon as that happened, the NHL and and the players, or, uh, sorry, the NHL and the Board of Governors should have got together and said, "Hey, look, you know, we want Edmonton to be successful or whatever, but we're not going to be doing three and four years and all this bullshit. That was ridiculous, and it should have been changed back then. And and I mean, it, rightfully so, they're changing it now. But I mean, it, like I said, too little, too late. Yeah, it was Hall, 
Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov. Oh, that's what it back was. Back to back that's to back. Yeah. And then two years, three years later, Connor McDavid. Yeah, I think it's just this whole thing is they're doing it. I know because they're people like Steve Eiserman are like, this is a bullshit way to do a draft. And they had so many options. And they like we said previously, they threw this one out there. And then I'm pretty sure the the board of governors just said, I guess uh, they might have just told him we'll take what you can get because we're not really going to change anything. So I, I don't I would not have been happy with it. I would have instantly rejected it. And said no, but it's. I guess they'll take what they can get now and maybe fight for some more stuff later. I, to me, it's not. This is not fixing. Like I said, it's like putting a bandaid on the Titanic. This isn't going to fix anything. It just might piss slightly less people off. The NHL, when it comes to making any changes whatsoever, especially when it comes to stuff like this, they're very conservative in terms of making moves like this they don't they don't make a lot of gigantic moves and and i mean this so that's why i looked at this today and i'm like i'm not really surprised i mean this is what was proposed and this is what was accepted and it wasn't like a lot i didn't expect it to be a lot i mean for all of us expecting that oh now the worst team that finishes last is going to be the team that gets the first overall pick that was never going to happen and the other thing that wasn't going to happen that i've seen suggested a lot is okay so once all the teams are mathematically eliminated the team that wins the most games gets a first overall pick that's the way i would like to see it done but again that's wishful thinking i think with the nhl the way they are yeah and but i think that would also add some excitement to the whole thing you look at well now we're mathematically eliminated now we need to find some way to play our asses off so we can get the top pick oh no no not and you start a game in the nhl <laughs> you start a game within a game at that point there's a, there's a meta to the whole thing but no yeah it's we're gonna go with vanilla let's uh, eliminate a spot and uh eliminate how many times you can win the lottery but whatever it's super stupid and i hate it uh but it's gonna happen anyways because everyone already said yes so yeah that's it and I guess yeah, just get rid of the fucking lottery. How about that? <laughs> that's what should happen, and it's you would but think it will it, never happen it, for a league that's all about all oh, parity. Okay, well then have your shitty team pick last, like the NFL does, because we see the flip in the NFL that can happen. It, yeah. or you can just be the Lions and completely suck every fucking year, and not doesn't matter what you fucking pick in the draft. But so here's the thing: that the, well, they scream tanking, and here's how long can you tank before you're full of good picks that are actually good and you start These winning? Guys have jobs on the line. This is their yep. day-to-day shit. They're they trying to tank. win too. Like now, I'm now, trying to win. Just trading off everyone, and then they're playing like the shittiest people that you have no idea who they are. Then yes, you can legit say they're tanking, and that's strictly on the management. Then you know what? If that can be proven, then strip them of a pick. Oh my God! Forsberg just tried the uh, the Michigan. I assume it didn't work. No, it didn't work. But it, the one thing I wanted to say about the lottery and and about you know the last team getting first overall pick, yes, I like it. But the only thing about it is it, Greg, I know you say it doesn't promote tanking, but and it could work the way it does in the NFL or it could work the way it does in Major League Baseball, where like players, teams won't even sign guys because they know on opening day they have zero chance to go to the postseason. And I mean, that to me is tanking. I'm sorry, that's tanking. There's teams right now, as we speak on on March 23rd, that when the MLB season starts on April 1st, no, they have zero shot at making the playoffs. 
and they're not going to sign anybody. There's free agents sitting out there that could help their ball club. They're not going to sign them. And I mean, I don't want to see that happen in the NHL. No, and, and I, but my my point to it is, you take a team like the Red Wings, who are clearly bad, and they wouldn't be tanking. Generally, the last place team is bad enough to be in last place. You're not going to have teams fighting for last place. It's they they want to win, and then you're going to see if if you see clear tanking, sure. But try it out. Just make the change. Say, okay, well, we're going to do the the worst team gets the the best pick, and we're going to see how it works this season. Have they done that before? They must have back in the day, right? That must have been a thing. Wait, what year? The 2013 NHL draft lottery was the first in NHL history where all 14 clubs not qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, had a chance at winning the right to the first overall selection. No, that but can't what be was right. Was it before that? No, I'm, it had to. Is, maybe that was the. I remember that being the lottery that Bill Daly would do off like of before NHL. one com. of the. Really. So, but what now, there was before that we have prior done, to the tw- okay. There here was you go. draft. There was other drawings before that. But the actual lottery that was in place that we now know and hate the most officially came about in 2013. Okay. All right. It says from 1995 through 2012, the league's rules stipulated that the clubs selected in the lottery could not move up more than four positions in draft order. So So they already had it perfectly. 95 to 2012. Yeah, they had it right then. And then decided to get all high on some fucking crazy shit. Let's so, NHL it up. So it Let's looks NHL like NHL it up, baby. Had to do the NHL thing. <laughs> it looks like before '95 there was no lottery, and that the actual NA draft lottery was implemented in 1995. Oh, so. after the lockout in '95, yeah. or was that a baseball strike? I don't remember. You're, you're mixing sorry. up your sports, Tyler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. No, yeah, there so, was a lockout in 95. There was. And then they ended up playing. It was a shortened season. That's what it was. Yeah. So uh, the, the draft lottery sucks. We're going to move on to Alvin Groove. Alvin Groove has been signed to a PTO for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, what this lets him Yay, do is play. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be playing, I think, for Saginaw uh, this coming OHL season when that starts. To be determined. Yeah. Which I believe is they're shooting for mid-April. But uh, this PTO allows him to play in the AHL before he has completed his uh, his OHL commitment, which I'm not sure. It, it, OHL or for the CHL rules, it's you have to play four seasons for your club or be 20 or over in order to move on. And uh, Alvin Gruve is 20 now, so he may not Would even he technically have- be exempt. Uh, he may be exempt the way I'm looking at it now. I know he agreed to play for Saginaw and it's listed on his uh, elite prospects page. But if he does well in Grand Rapids, he might not have to go to the OHL. He's 20 years old because I know that's the that's the rule is is that's why 16 year olds aren't uh, playing in, in the AHL. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the shit that Rasmussen ha- kind of had to deal with a couple years ago, and that's why he ended, we ended up seeing him in Detroit much longer than we actually expected. Oh, earlier than because, we thought he was going to be here. Yes, exactly. It was because they didn't want to send him. They felt that he had earned his time. He was too good level. for Tri-City. Yeah, absolutely. So they didn't want to send him back, thus ended up keeping him longer in Detroit, and then at the as soon as he was able to, as soon as the OHL season was over, then they pushed him right down to Grand Rapids. 
Yeah. It, so, it's, but he was also because he was old enough. And I think Valino fell into that as well. But well, Valino has he exceptional, had exceptional status. status. Yeah. He was able to go to Grand Rapids a year sooner. Uh, let Where me, is Valino right now? He's over in Malmo. He's in Malmo. Right? Yep. Yeah. So he'll be back soon, I would think. Yeah, I think his team is. is they, are they still in dead last? They're the worst team in in that divi- in that league, I believe. Yeah, so, so we'll pro- probably see him back over here very soon. Yeah, what I'm looking at now is the AHL uh, has the twenty what they call the twenty year old player rule. Um, this NHL and CHL agreement says that signed players that are age eighteen or nineteen who are claimed from a CHL club. Uh, and is not retained by an NHL club, must be assigned to the CHL junior. So he was not, okay, so he was not claimed from a CHL club. So Groove could stay in Grand Rapids if he does well. I would prefer that. Oh, me too. Uh, yeah. I mean, better I competition. A, yeah, There's not a, a whole lot of statement. talent on that Grand Rapids team right now either. They're not doing bad. No, they're not. No, they're not doing bad, but I'm just saying there's not like a whole lot of like, what you would think of as NHL prospects on that team. We need to get some Grand Rapids folks on here. We need to get uh, to Jen or Brandon, Keith, Brandon Case. He's been out there recording stuff for us and sending it over Twitter. Yeah. We need to get some Grand Rapids eyes on the on the podcast. I guess what I was trying to say is, like, you know, it's not the Grand Rapids team of last year with Valeno and Cider and all those guys. Oh, there. yeah. That makes sense. So no. You know, well, I mean, this year wouldn't be it either if if, uh, if they would have had a handle on how the season was going to start. I think Cider would probably be with the Red Wings right now. So, uh, if we look Potentially. at if we look at Groove's numbers, he played the twenty. He's played so far the twenty 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 one season uh, with uh, Gardens in the SHL, and thirty nine games he has six points and uh, twenty nine penalty minutes. So he's doing real well for himself. They call him the mm-hmm. T-Rex. He's a giant pain in the ass to play against. Uh, he is Brad Marchand without the offensive talent. I was just going to say he's our downgraded version of Marchand. Yeah, it's our, our D, D-list version of Brad Marchand. But I'll give him a C for now until we get some more, get, see him a little bit more. Yeah, but I mean, in 2018-19 in the J-20, he had 34 points in 25 games. Uh, and then in 1920, he had 19 points in 23 games. So there's some offensive talent there that needs to be worked on. He's only 20. He was drafted in uh, the third round, number 66 overall in 2019, if you don't remember. Um, but yeah, he he signed with Saginaw. There were articles coming out saying he'd moved to Saginaw. And then Grand Rapids signed him to the PTO. And from what we can gather, he won't actually have to go to Saginaw if he performs well in Grand Rapids. It'll be interesting to watch that, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of it, it. Think it's a little bit of what the the Griffins might need is that kind of really piss you off kind of guy in the lineup. So here here's one for you. Has he been over here since he signed with Saginaw? Mm, Meaning, you mean, was you mean, he has already he over been here? in the United States or has he been yes. playing? Has he already been over? I know he hasn't been playing necessarily because the OHL hasn't started. Yeah. And we don't know when, but I was just curious if he was already over here, meaning like the upcoming Griffins games that like he can go yeah. in and play or does he have to hit the quarantine? Um, last week he was uh, last week or the week before he was in Grand Rapids. I remember tweeting. Oh, hold on. Breakaway. Oh, missed it. All right. Yeah. Uh, last week he was uh, on Instagram in Grand Rapids. Okay. So yeah, I didn't know that. So he's he's been here, so he can pretty much play in here immediately. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Oh, and for what it's worth in his Instagram, he has uh, Stockholm slash Grand Rapids. So Looks like he could be in the lineup for the Iowa game this weekend, Friday, Saturday, against the Iowa Wild. I'm not sure. I know, though, that he has been in Michigan for a while. So I'm assuming that, that they got him over here so that he could quarantine uh, before being able to play. Gotta ask. We need to ask our insider, yeah. Jen. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see, and I think it's a little bit of the grit that uh, the Griffins probably need right now because someone made the good point. They're like, uh, how about um, you put in Giovanni Smith, Alvin Ruve, and Dylan McElrath, and oh. that's a uh, a bitch to play against. <laughs> so good luck. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, but yeah, not like we had talked about uh, Donovan Sabrango, who has to go back to the OHL. Once uh, it starts up, it doesn't look mm-hmm. like Groove needs to follow that rule. I like that. Yeah, me too. I'm fine with it. Um, but we're going to move on to our next uh, topic, which is uh, a little bit of brightness in our goaltending future in Keith Petrozelli. So Keith Petrozelli recently has been named one of the 10 finalists for the Hobie Baker Award. So for those that don't know, the Hobie Baker is pretty much uh, the the MVP of college hockey. Uh, and, and he's up for that. And, and Keith was one uh, drafted in 2017, round three. So for, for the Red Wings, that's kind of high to draft a goalie. And, and he's one who I got a little worried about uh, when he was drafted his first his freshman season at Quinnipiac because he was not so great. Um, but has improved, I mean, year over year since then. And and I think it's well-deserved that he gets the nomination. He's gotten much faster, much more athletic. He's a big guy. He's skinny, but he's a big guy. Um, but he can move very well. His glove hand has gotten a ton better. And, and it just looks like he's improved in, in almost every aspect of his game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched a little bit of him... Uh, last year, obviously, before the pandemic, Quinnipiac's not too, too far from me, so I've gone down and I've seen him play. He's he's a monster on on in person and watching him. He's, he's pretty good laterally and everything, and he sees the puck well. Um, the one thing I will say, and kind of temper your expectations a little bit about Keith Petroselli. But I you're going to say something could... super outlandish to make people get their hopes up real high? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> what I'm going to say is the uh, the ECAC only had four teams that played this year um, because of everything going on in our wonderful world. So um, temper your expectations. Yes, he played well this year. He went 17-7-4 this year. But again, a lot of those games are against Colgate, who this year was not very good. And then obviously, like I said, but... Again, it's positive that he played well. I'm just saying, temper your expectations and look at who he played against this year. We know who Colgate's goalie is, right? Competition. No, I do not. Carter Guylander? Oh, it is. Yeah, uh, Carter Guylander plays for Colgate. So our other goalie draft pick plays for, uh, and and I think they played against each other in the finals, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Petrozelli beat out Guylander. But... Uh, from what I'm going off of, Tyler, his his freshman year at Quinnipiac in 17 games, he had an 89 save percentage uh, and lost the starter job. So in 2018-19, he played 14 games with a 90 save percentage. Uh, 2019-20, which was last season before the messed up season, he in 34 games had a 92. 
So year over year improve. And then this year in 28 games, he had a 92 seven. So I'll take it. His goals against average went from uh, 201 to a 182. And I'll take that too. So yeah, he was 17, seven and four this season. And even though most of his games were against Colgate, um, I'll, I'll take any improvement I can get. And the improvement had to have been good enough to get him a Hobie uh, nomination. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that. That was the other thing I was going to say, you know, obviously good on him for getting himself in that Hobie conversation. And anytime he can have a goals goals against average of one point eight two, that's that's really good. So you got to wonder and Tyler, this is to your point earlier, is if Larson went this route at Denver, if we see this same progression and growth that we're mm-hmm. seeing with Petrozelli, it's it's a complete hypothetical. I get that. And there was high hopes, I think, when Petrozelli, I mean, confusion and high hopes, so I, I guess, with Petrozelli when he was originally drafted as well. But it makes you think, like, maybe if he sticks at Denver with the team that was there, you know that the coaching is there, that if they didn't over maybe pick him too soon to come up to Grand Rapids, that he is in a similar situation right now. And we've got these two guys duking it out in the Hobie Baker Award. It's and a potentially, hypothetical, I get it, but it's maybe it's something that it's just an oh shit, oops moment, and maybe now things transform where we start seeing Petrozelli really start to take the cake here. Well, what's what's crazy is if if Larson would have stayed there, um, I believe both teams. Oh no, is Denver not in there this year? Hold on, Denver's not in the tournament this year. Never mind. But in normal times, I would say that you know it would usually be Denver and and couldn't be X usually in the tournament as well. So I mean, you you could potentially see them playing for a national championship against each other. But unfortunately, that's that's not the route that Larson took. Yeah, and it, so this this whole thing with Petrozelli is, I think, a little bit of of comfort for us. Because you look at, I mean, the way Thomas Grice has been not great. And you looked at the, you looked at the prospects. He's got the Jimmy Howard treatment this year. Sure, but I mean, still he's looked more off than on. There's been holes, yes. And and I would say that uh, last season we were kind of like, what's going to happen? Although last season Guylander did look good. And, And again, this year Colgate looked good. But what is we, we were kind of saying, well, I guess, what are we going to do for for goalie? We've got Bernier for one more year and we don't. Well, Larson was sent to Toledo and then now overseas and, and wasn't well, playing in Grand Bernier Rapids. Is done after this season for that clarity. Yeah. And then you've got Calvin Pickard, who is not an NHL goalie. And, and you he had did not look good last year. Yeah. And you had Pat Nagel, who's a million years old. So he's going to stay in, in Grand Rapids. So you were kind of looking, saying, "What are what are we going to do? Are we going to go out and make a big free young goalie si- trade or uh, a free agent signing and grab someone like Markstrom for five years or whatever?" And now looking pre at this season, yeah, pre this season, and now looking at how Petrozelli has progressed and and his interviews and how he's kind of picked it up year after year, and like like we said, is now a Hobie Baker nominee. It's it's kind of comforting to know that maybe there is a little bit more hope than we thought. Um, and, and even when we drafted Jan Bednash uh, in this past draft and he's, he went to granted he didn't play, but he went to the world juniors. 
I think there is more hope in goal than there's been in quite some time. Yeah, I would agree. It it, it makes it easier, I think, with the fact that Grice is your goalie that you're protecting going into the next season uh, because that's going to be your mandatory pick. Um, I mean, granted, it's not. Do we have to? Can we just say no thanks? (laughs) I mean, we do need an NHL goaltender on this roster. Well, put a cone in there. A cone will do good. I mean, you can't necessarily assume that you're going to be resigning Bernier. For well, one, you, which you that would be the could. ideal scenario. So here's no, here's the ideal scenario. Ideal, ideal scenario is you Bernier gets healthy. You trade him like we talked to Max. You trade him for a decent pick and then you mm-hmm. sign him again in the offseason. Yes, that would be perfect because you, you know that he's young enough for one. And when I say young enough, he is where Bernier is he? 32, 32 years. Old. OK, so he's not that young. I take that back. Young enough. But he he is at an age where. He can still maintain young enough to get you three more years if you yes. need it, which opens up the door to a Petrozelli or anyone else that is in the current pipeline with a bit of a glimmer of hope. It could even be a time uh, enough time to have Larson get his shit together, it, which is to be seen. You could but get it give, uh, it, it uh, an Eliason. You could get a Jesper Eliason. Jesper Eliason. Yep. There's a lot of guys. There's several that are still overseas that haven't made their way over yet. So it gives you that continuity. So the best case scenario is absolutely re-signing Bernier after this season. You have to protect protect Grice, but he becomes expendable. If you got Bernier and Grice as your one-two again next season, it's not the end of the world. Well, here's it, here's the other way it could go: is you could Bernier could be out for longer than than you hope. He could be not traded. You mm-hmm. could extend him and then protect him. That could also happen. So and that open and that then that's where you start getting into the uh, hey I'll trade you Thomas Grice for for a nickel protection from like, taking somebody else. What you like? Well, I'm talking about if they're like trying to negotiate Seattle getting a goaltender. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if uh, the Kings would leave open someone like Jonathan Quick or or, or some, try to do something there because Quick isn't getting any younger. See if they try to go the uh, the. Mark Andre Fleury route, and yeah. Redemption. I could see it happening, uh, something like that happening. But it'll be interesting to see coming up. But yeah, Petrozelli getting that Hobie Baker nod is is a big win in my book because it um, maybe needs because a lot of people don't know about the goalie pipeline. A lot of people mm-hmm. jump on, like I said earlier, jump on the fact that oh, we need a goalie. You need to go out and get a goalie, trade for one, go make a big goalie splash, and it's we don't really need to because we've got like six goalies in the pipeline. That's it would have been ideal. Yeah, well, that's but, the thing that people don't look at. So it makes at. sense in that, in that way. The only thing about Petrozelli that kind of worries me is that whole college thing where this is his fourth year at Quinnipiac, so once the tournament's over, or they're eliminated, or if they were to win the national championship, um, at, which I, I, I'm sorry, I don't see happening this year, but, um, you know, if you don't sign him by July 1st, he be, can become a free agent and sign wherever he wants. Yeah, that's the thing is he's not signed right now to his entry-level contract. Right. And I did run a poll. Uh, it's should the Red Wings sign Keith Petrozelli right now and bring him to Detroit to play a few games just for fun. And Wasn't that overwhelmingly yes? It was. I was being sarcastic. There's no way you do something like that and throw him into well, the fire. No. Even though our defense <laughs> has been much better improved, and if they played in front of him like they play in front of Bernier, I think he could probably get a couple wins. But, uh, yeah, it was overwhelmingly uh, 67.8% to 32.2% yes to no. 
So, yeah, overwhelmingly, yes, people say we should sign Petrozelli to his ELC and bring him to Detroit to play some games. Um, not going to happen. Not going to happen. But I definitely think he has played well enough to earn an entry-level contract since, uh, like we had said, Larson is not doing so great. And we can wait a little bit longer on people like Bednash and uh, Guylander to get them contracts. Mm -hmm. Well, you could also see a potential situation where, you know, Quinnipiac gets eliminated in the regional. Um, You know, the Red Wings come calling and say, hey, look, you know, we want to sign you. We like you a lot. You can go down to Grand Rapids. And would he play in Grand Rapids is my question. I would imagine so, right? Uh, yeah, because you've got Nagel and Pickard, or uh, is it who who's playing right now? Boyle, I think. Boyle, yeah. I so you've got Boyle, you've yeah. got uh, Pickard and Boyle playing well, in Grand Rapids right backup now. Backup right now. Yeah, and Boyle is starting. And Fulcher's on the taxi squad. Yeah. So from what but, I've yeah. what I've heard from Jen is that that Boyle's actually been really good. That's um, been a fantastic free agent signing. Yeah, he's which is 28 years old. He is fit, he is fitting his role to a T. Now, granted, he is needs to be re-signed because they've got Victor Bradstrom and Philip Larson are the only two younger guys under contract next season. Okay, I mean, but still, it's uh, Brad- it's not like it's a big deal because an AHL goalie, it's your the likelihood of signing someone that's going to fit your need is far better. So between and Fulcher that he looks to be secured into next season as well. And Fulcher, and I'm not really counting on to be, be much. Yeah. Um, people keep asking, well, what about what about Caden Fulcher? What do you think Caden Fulcher is going to do? And my response is Caden Fulcher is probably going to be an, an ECHL goalie. Um, he'll he'll be a maybe a fringe. Uh, maybe he'll be a backup in Grand Rapids. But I don't really see Caden Fulcher taking that next step and going to because people are like, well, maybe Caden Fulcher could be the Red Wings, like a Red Wings backup or a Red Wings starter. And I don't I don't see that in, in any way happening. Caden Fulcher, the new Joey McDonald. <laughs> if that. Caden <laughs> Fulcher, the new Thomas McCollum. <laughs> oh, ouch. yeah. Boy, Tommy I hope he us. I really doubt he would, but man, that's that's brutal. Yeah, Thomas McCollum drafted first round. See, that's what the Red Wings happened. Is he drafted a goalie in the first round, number thirty in two thousand? And it's like he just yeah, absolutely failed. And maybe that's why they've been a little gun shy on drafting goalies early. Um, and I think Petrozelli may have been the highest drafted goalie since McCollum, but uh, it's. We, we can't have another situation like that because he had a uh, McCollum's like first game was absolutely terrible, uh, which got him sent to the minors for two seasons. And then uh, Mrazek beat him out for the Grand Rapids job. So uh, we can't really. Boy, have the him. other regime did a great job of drafting, didn't they? Towards the end. Oh, oh it was phenomenal. We were so good at drafting. It's not that Iserman is I'm, competent. Wait. <laughs> I thought we, I thought you were being like serious there. No, but I was like, no, we're no, not, no, not at all. Not being, the same well, well, right early on they did a great job, but you know, as did time they? wore on and the game changed, yeah. Well, you know, things things did not go quite as well to say the After least. After we stopped trading away our top th- three rounds of picks, yeah, yeah. But all's well that ends well, guys. And uh, I think sure, that's where yeah, gonna, that, yeah, I think that's where we're going to end the podcast tonight. So I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And tonight, to start with Tyler last time, I'll start with Ryan. 
Uh, my final oh, thoughts. No, no, your name's wow, not Ryan. Totally missed. You said last time we started with Tyler, so we're starting <laughs> with Ryan. How to tell when one of the co-hosts is not <laughs> listening? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, the wings are doing the wing things tonight, so we're not going to really talk about how they're performing against Nashville. Other than the fact that Jeff Blashill somehow won a challenge again, I just noticed. I haven't seen the replay because we're recording at the moment. Um, but good for him, I guess. Great. He's actually been nailing those. It's so the only I'm thing he's won that. tonight. Yeah, touche. Wow. <laughs> Deep. Uh, but no, I mean, other than that, it's. I don't really have a whole lot to say other than the wings are performing better. Or I would say maybe that the wings are playing to a level that maybe we expected uh, before any issues with COVID actually struck the team. Uh, so I, I, it's, been a, it's been an enjoyable team to watch with the seemingly exception to tonight as of late. So I, it's been ha- happy hockey. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts likely here in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be fun to watch and hopefully we'll start seeing some more of these younger guys that we're really hoping to get back in the lineups like Giovanni Smith and the sort. So we'll see what happens, but that's kind of my, my thoughts for the evening. So already Ryan 33. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to a trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, the one thing I was going to say um, about the whole host not listening thing and then going to to the uh, the whole the whole I'm trying to watch the game, but I really can't because I'm doing a podcast. If you ever listen to like sports radio or, or like anybody that's like live on the air, like while something's going on and they'll be they'll tell you like, oh, yeah, you know, these NCAA games are on and I'd love to be watching, but I'm talking with you. So it's hard to do. We, we have a, an appreciation now for what the hell they're trying to talk yeah to this is why we about. normally don't record on game <laughs> nights <laughs> yeah but uh anyways no i was just gonna say that yeah this red wings team obviously not great but it's it's a lot more f- enjoyable to watch over the last couple weeks which is good um i'm again like i said i'm gonna pump my college hockey so uh if you guys have a chance there uh the regionals start on friday and i think they end on sunday so the four teams will have their tickets punched to the Frozen Four, which I believe starts uh, a week after the. Uh, no, it's it's two weeks from from the last uh, regional game. So, but um, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Always looking forward to talking with you guys and uh, going back and forth about hockey. Bah. Yeah, uh, my final thoughts are going to be this little quip that has apparently come out of the Nashville game tonight. Uh, a tweet from Matt Best says uh, he's a video producer at Sportsnet says maybe if you're a mic'd up ref, you shouldn't express how you wanted to call a penalty against a team earlier in the game, changing how you ref the rest of the game. Apparently, a ref was caught on a mic saying it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. So, yeah, um, so refs are uh, swaying games. Who knew? Who knew that refing in the NHL was bad? Um, but yeah, uh, refing in all sports is bad. I will yeah. go back to that point. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're going to get our digital umps in the MLB. But uh, yeah, so the, my other final thought is Stevie needs to get on the phone with Odin Tufto's agent and get that kid signed real quick. Because uh, I think uh, Ryan, when we went and if I, I was looking, I believe it was the 2019 
2020, uh, no, yep, it was a 2019 training camp that we went to. He was out there, and I had a bunch oh, of... Oh, you're in Detroit. I was like, yeah, wait, what? Yeah, I had a bunch of uh, uh, notes on him to where he he looked really good out there with Taro Hirose, um, that he should have uh, probably signed some kind of tryout contract there. Um, but he also went to Quinnipiac with um, with Keith Petrozelli and became the captain there, and, and year over year had also been uh, uh, really, really good in, in improving every year. So I think uh, that that may be one to take a look at, and because he had been to a Red Wings uh, training camp, may may get the call. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah. You, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast at Grindline Pod. We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for having us on there and putting us with a bunch of other great shows. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. If you use promo code GRINDLINE at Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12%. Uh, you can also check out our merch at Redbubble.com by searching the GRINDLINE to find our uh, shop. And we also like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the GRINDLINE podcast. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>